welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are back with our next Trope Talk episode. We Um, are. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. I'm really enjoying the Trope Talks. I am too. And I like the fact that like we're getting a different perspective from some of our contributors. So one, you guys aren't stuck listening to just Becky and I talk about all the like books that we love, but like some of the things that we really like about a trope, one of our contributors might not love it for that reason, or they have another reason why they like it. Yeah. I also like too, that we're bringing in some other authors because sometimes I feel like you and I tend to like lean toward, we have very favorite authors, obviously you guys hear us talk about them all the time. Um, so we tend to like stick to our favorites and by inviting contributors to come in, mm-hmm. it helps us kind of shake up some of well, the and books I we're also, recommending. Too, like sometimes when people come in, like I try and get like those, obs- not obscure authors, but the authors that I don't typically talk about because maybe I'll like steal, <laughs> steal a book from somebody or like it, like when Heather comes on, sometimes I steal her books accidentally. So I try and go like a different route. So I know. But you steal my books on purpose? Um, I mean, sometimes. Okay. But you steal my books on purpose too. So it just, it's fair. It's fair. So this time we're coming to the trope talk with the main trope as single parents in romance. It's Mm -hmm. the parent trope. Um, We're going to cover a few of the sub tropes that would fall under single parent these are not all of the single parent subtropes. We picked no. a very select few and there will be others coming um, at you. In the future. In the future. They're coming so, at you. Get your pencil and paper ready, because here we go. So welcome back to the podcast, Jenny, Heather, and Lindsay. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Hello. So did I say hi too, since we didn't mention me, uh, because you were mentioned in the intro that we recorded. (laughs) It's been a really long fucking day, people. Holy crap. Like before we got on here, I said, we're going to do the intro separate. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I had no alcohol today too. None. Zero alcohol. Okay. I drank all the sangria last night, but nothing today. All the awkward is on par today. Yes. Um, Anyway. Okay. So as we said in our little intro, this episode, we're talking all about the parent trope. Heather texts me. What's the parent trope? (laughs) Oh my God. Guys, you know what? I am very teacher tired i don't know if you know but it is may 30th or whatever the heck it is we're all struggling hardcore in the teachers so if you have a teacher friend check on them we're not okay (laughs) we're not okay i don't think you were okay like four months ago though we have eight days eight days eight days so my kids only have four we're calling this the parent trope and basically just because we wanted to put a large umbrella over all of these subtropes that we're talking about. We are not going to hit every parent trope because we are not talking babies. Babies and pregnancy will be in a future trope talk episode when I stop getting ideas for other ones. 
It's true, right? Well, it's true. true. And we can do what we want, so. Right, because we're DeBosses. Um, okay, so <laughs> let's talk in general, the parent trope. Speak up. What do you expect from a book if I say it's going to be a parent trope? It has there to have kids in it. Mm-hmm. Well, and they have, I always feel like they need to be a little bit younger. Like adult kids don't really count for me because they're adults. So I'd say like 18 or younger. Yeah. You have me. to be responsible for the child. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you and disagree? Like, do you disagree active. with that Becky? Because your face says I, that you disagree. I do disagree. I'm okay if, especially for something that's like an age gap romance. And because I'm thinking of, there's a particular book that I do love that has a silver fox in it. Okay. And he's the single dad. She doesn't have children. And it, um, and the fact that he's a single dad is an intricate part to the story. Oh, is it? It's one of your choices, isn't it? Well, well, if somebody else doesn't mention it, I might mention it. So I don't want to give it away. Well, I could. I could just take a bonus. I'm thinking about Unpredictable by Jenna Hartley. Harrison, right? Harrison. He's a single dad. And that book would not play out the same if we didn't count adult children Mm -hmm. in the parent trope. Okay, well, that's fair. That's fair. I actually just read one today. Where if it weren't for the adult child, the two would not have met. So they needed her. Well, I stand corrected then <laughs> what in about, certain scenarios. What about you, Jenny? What are your expectations when I say parent trope? Like parenthood or parent issues are a big deal. So like Heather said, they didn't meet until like they're child one of male or females child i'm assuming like connected them so they have to be seen the kids have to be seen Mm -hmm. yeah what about you i also think they have to be active sorry they have to be like an active parent like not Mm -hmm. a deadbeat because then you can't really say you're a single dad or a single mom if you aren't involved in the child's life Right. right. That's and, what I would consider parenthood. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. One of the things I always want to, I also do expect to see if they're like a divorced parent, single parent. I do expect custody and such to come into play mm-hmm. and shared parenting. I can think of Alexi Ryan, where they have a really great shared parenting relationship. Um, and it plays well into the story because it, it helps, you know. Well, or like if it is like there's a divorce and there's like the the ex is a trash person. So like the custody is all the like hero or heroines and the trash spouse is part of the, I know, I just love how to say that. I think I'd like also classify books like um, the fifth book in Cloverleaf Farms by Melanie Harlow like that they're tied together through parenthood because they Mm -hmm. had a child together that they gave up for adoption Um, and like while like they're not direct guardians of the child Mm -hmm. like that's a huge part of their relationship Mm -hmm. and what brings them together in the book. I also think we need to see kids on the page 
but they don't need to own the page. Mm -hmm. That's a pet peeve of mine in this, particularly when we get to the nanny trope. Um, The kids need to be part of the story, but they don't need to be the whole of the story. Well, I feel like with the parent, like there needs to be that fine line where the kids are present, but not too present. Cause I have read some like single parent books or even like guardian books, um, where the, the kids, like they're mentioned and then they just kind of disappear. And I don't like that. I've also, we've also read some books where the kid is too present in the sense that, um, like one of the parents, the single parent is very much overwhelmed with the grief of losing the other parent and most of the relationship building is between the other character and the child directly Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of like relationship building between the hero and the heroine um and I don't I don't think I particularly love those (laughs) yeah no it's like almost like the romance is second in the back seat of like the relationship between like the nanny and like the kid or the manny and the kid or I don't love when they when the kid is like forgotten almost Mm -hmm. like a because kids aren't convenient I mean right like we you know those of us that are parents like they your life revolves around them which is the choice you make when you're a parent and so when you say kids aren't convenient like you can't just like leave them at home unless they're teenagers so like there's a single dad it's a guardian single dad guardian book that is out there that the child has tragically lost his parents. He's like two years old. And they leave him sleeping in the hotel room to go across the hall to her hotel room and have the sex. And I'm like, first of all, no one's leaving a two-year-old alone in a hotel room. And it's not like they're in a suite and, you know, like with two bedrooms or something like that. No, legit, they talk about, like, he leaves his room Crossing and goes to her hall. room to have the sex while the child is sleeping in his hotel room. Oh, no. That's not cool, and that's yucky. Well, it's also not realistic. No. Well, hopefully. Well, this I is mean, true. I mean, it could be realistic for some people. Here but. comes my teacher and me, like, <laughs> and Oh, yeah, like, when they're... <laughs> what were we gonna say jenny oh like when they're like at a pool party and then they suddenly have a really intense conversation i'm like who is watching these children like they're all just (laughs) they're all just in the water yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so the sub tropes of the parent trope that we are going to talk about today and give you recs we will talk about characteristics that we like in those books characteristics we don't like in those books so we are breaking down single mom single dad nanny guardian both taboo and not taboo because i have some that are not taboo um And then Raising Siblings, because there are quite a few out there of books Mm -hmm. where the love interest is raising a sibling. And I feel like Heather and I probably have the exact same list for this book, for these books. Um, I just feel like maybe we might have picked the same damn books for that one. Anyway, so kicking it off, we are starting with Single Mom. 
Okay. Characteristics. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, give us the basics of what you expect in a single mom trope book. She thing. has a child and she is independently raising the child on her own. The basics. The basics. basics. We like the basics. Um, we would sometimes expect to see like, a at, at minimum. Yeah, is there minimum- anything that is there anything that you like to see like past the basics? Or you don't really, you don't really mind. You just want the kids to be present. And I think the single, so one of the things that I have to say about the single mom trope in general is that it tends to not be my favorite because the, like what we see a lot with this and what I don't particularly love is that we see a lot of heroines who are not taking time for themselves or like thinking about their themselves or their needs. They're so focused on their child that they have tunnel vision and that becomes like an obstacle they have to overcome for them to fall in love and get to their happily ever after. And I don't particularly love that. I you know, romance is partially based in fantasy. And I think that it kind of perpetuates something that I think women struggle with already. And I Mm -hmm. I think like seeing encouragement that it's okay to take time for yourself because there are women out there who are single moms reading these books Yeah, um, out there, like seeing, you know, that it's okay to take their time for themselves to find their own happiness. I wish we saw more of that in single mom. I also noticed as I was going through my list and pulling like my top favorite wrecks to share, a lot of my single moms, the hero rescues her. Like she's broke because she's trying to do everything for the kid and there's not another parent around or, you know, she's struggling because it was an accidental, got pregnant too young and has no support system. And somehow the hero rescues her. And I actually could only find two, two, where the hero was not needed to rescue. That the heroine was established and doing well without his intervention. So I actually, on mine, I have a few where the women independently decided that they wanted to be mothers and they didn't need a man. And they were independent, got pregnant, um, had a baby on their own, um, or um, it was a very amicable Mm -hmm. split and um, they weren't rescued. Like a few of my like favorite ones are that way. You can share those in just a minute. Jenny, what about you? Anything? Yeah, the struggling, I don't enjoy like seeing the female like struggling or we see them like move to a new town and they don't know anything and they're like barely like making ends meet. Um, That's what I kind of expect from a single mom trope. So when it's not that, I enjoy it more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Leah, anything to add? Uh, not really. They kind of hit all of my like hot points on this one. Okay. So here we go. Everybody, two single mom book recs, the top of your top. Leah's probably going to cheat and we'll end up with three or six, but you know, don't be a cheater. I only have three. Don't be a cheater. Per topic. Um, 
Okay, so we'll just start with Lindsay. Lindsay, give us your top two single mom recs. Um, Feels Like Love, Jenna Hartley. Love that. So mm-hmm. good. Um, and then Tie Me Down by Melanie Harlow. Those are my top mm. two favorites. Okay. Um, also, please note that uh, these picks will be available on our website the day after the episode drops. So you'll be able to go in and grab all the books. Um, You're welcome. That's what we have to say to that. Right? Jenny, mm-hmm. what are some of your top examples of Single Mom? Uh, Warrior Blue by Kelsey Kingsley. And then Rewriting the Stars by Claire Kingsley. Not related. Not related. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, I have not read the first mm-hmm. one that you suggested. Can you give us a little bit about that? Like a little bit of... yeah she's a single mom um the male is um he's a twin but there was an accident and his twin is disabled um and he's actually a tattoo artist and she wants the same tattoo that her sister had and asked him to do it for her okay heather what are your single mom recs um uh, my first one is Southern Seducer uh, by Jessica Peterson. It's uh, book one in her Southern Highland series. And um, it's just very good. And then... She wants to talk about it so much. I know, it's so good, you guys. Um, okay, I am going, I'm wavering because I have like seven and I can only give you two. Um, I'm going to go with Rule Breaker by Stacey Lynn. It's um, the latest release in her Vegas hockey series. Um, and he is her son's hockey coach. It's just really great. So cute. Uh, Leah, single moms. Okay. So my single mom, the first one is Trick by Laramie Briscoe. Um, I just want to say this. So the main character trick gets partnered with Hadley's daughter and he's like to mentor her. So like, she doesn't need his help. Like it is the daughter that needs like this male, like counterpart in her life. It's very well done. Um, and then my second one is rescuing Emily by Susan Stoker. Okay. Um, I have big stick by Kelly Jameson. She owns a sex toy company. And they get snowed in together with the little girl. It's adorable. Nice. He plays hockey. Yeah. Um, so great. And then my other one, because I wanted one. So Big Stick, she doesn't need rescued. Like she's successful. She just needs a place to stay while she's moving to Chicago. Um, the other one, which is a little bit more of a rescue, is Down and Dirty by Mary Carr. It is male, female, male. And she is homeless with her son living in her car. Um, <clears throat> and these two guys who are roommates and best friends rescue her and then they all have sex together. It's and then they're a little down and dirty. Okay. So next single parent trope. And if you have three, I'll let you give three recs. Cause we kind of already went through most of characteristics of what we expect in these, but we'll go to dad now. So this is single dad parent, Jenny, tell us what you expect to see in a single dad romance. That's the obvious of him parenting a child. Um, I want to seem like really involved in the child's life. I think it's harder to 
portray a dad than it is a mom. Um, so I want to see him involved in what mm -hmm. the kid's doing. Um, okay, so anybody who can speak up wants to speak up. Uh, is there anything in a single dad romance that you really like or you really dislike? Either one is fine. Go Heather. She raised her hand. I, I don't like, well, and this is for any of them. I don't love when they bash their ex in front of their children. Yeah. I, as a person who works with children, it's so detrimental, even though these are fictional people, I still think it's wrong. Um, but I agree. It needs to be the single dad. And I think a lot of them are either they co-parent well, or they unfortunately are a single parent because of yeah. I just want to say, I think on that topic, it can be done well. Like if there is an absentee parent, there is a way to handle that. And Becky and I, I we read um, one of the Pippa Green books in their single dad hockey series covers that topic really well. Um, and I, I do agree with you on that. Like it, it's, you know, parent bashing is never healthy, <laughs> but there is a way to do it tactfully. And I think that Pippa Green's book should be like the go-to if you need some help on that subject. <laughs> he does a, that, that book series, that Minnesota Raiders does a really great job of balancing these different parent styled relationships, the widow, the nanny, the, the, um, single dad that is now co-parenting with the parent and a parent that might be a little lackluster, but is there never nasty towards the parent? So I agree with you, Lindsay. What about you, Leah? What do you expect to see or what Honestly, do you like or in, dislike? In, in my favorite single dad books with few exceptions is when the dad either has soul or primary custody. There's just something about the book, like for the single mom book, it doesn't matter as much to me if she has like soul custody, but there's just something about like that single dad book. Like if he is the primary caretaker for these kids, like that's what I want to see. Or like they, like in when the time is right, like they have an exceptionally good co-parenting situation. Um, but yeah, I just, I just love seeing dads like in their element and it's even fun like when they flounder in their element um okay leah so kick it off with us give us one two to three book recs okay so i'm gonna do three because i have three and they're all very good okay so first is make me whole by marie johnston this is the story of liam and kennedy liam has twin boys from his ex-wife who's not a good person and they just, it's just adorable and sweet. And the kids are very present in the book. Like they make, they're a big part of it. And then I have Athica Lane by Bryn Asher. Um, it is in book three in her Carpinos series. Um, he's super grumpy and they do not have the best first meeting. Like actually she spills her drink all over him and herself because they run into each other and it just kind of goes downhill from there. But Cam and Paige are delightful. And the ex-wife is around but she is also not a good person and i seem to have a theme here because book three is falling emperors by katherine cowles the ex-wife is a trash person why why do i have all of this i don't Just know trash ex people but calder and hadley oh if you guys have not read this book you have to it is okay stop, Leah. jenny jenny <laughs> Becky. We're going to have to timer mm. her and lose 20 no, seconds. Jenny. Yeah, I was like, uh, are we supposed to be giving synopsis? 
No, if no. there's something outstanding about no. the book that has to do with the trope, you would like to share that. Great, but you do not have to. You can unless your name all is the Leah. You want. Okay, <laughs> let's not do that. Uh, okay. Rules. Rising West rules? by Ali Styles. Um, it's a rock star romance, and they're actually both rock stars. And then my second one is 32 Rowan Boulevard by Kelsey Kingsley. And it's actually single mom and single dad. Oh, I like that. I like when that yeah. happens. Little Brady the, like, action. Yeah, he was like, I think she calls it like nom stop or something like the DoorDash deliverer for her pregnancy test. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Heather. That one's on my TBR. Oh, wait. Um, oh, three. She has three. I'm oh, sorry. sorry. I was oh, breaking I... rules. Sorry. She's, Jenny wants her third one. Give her the third one. <laughs> She's getting a little feisty. <laughs> Love in Due Time by L.P. Dunbar. It's in the Smarty Pants. It's actually the first book in the Green Valley Library series. And he is an older guy with two daughters and she works in the library i think lb dunbar only older mature. romances yeah yeah like romances. i don't think she writes anyone under the age of like 35 yeah and i think that's pushing it she's mostly in her for like the 40s um she has a great single or silver fox series small town series that's really good mm. anyway heather um okay my first pick is You and Me by Tal Bauer. It's actually two single dads, so it's a male-male romance. Um, it is one of the best books I've written, or re written, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> one of the best books I've read all year. It's so well done. It's amazing. Um, another one is uh, Irresistible Chance by Kim Lorraine. He is a cowboy and he has a little feisty little girl um, and she has everyone in that family wrapped around her finger. Kim Lorraine writes a really great cowboy. Highly mm -hmm. recommend. And then I'm going to throw in a mafia one because I just love mafia and it's Sweet Temptation by Cora Riley. Joke. Uh, Lindsay, what are your single dads? I'm going to give one book rec and then I'm just going to make a comment. Um, so Taming Trouble by Jiffy Kate, that one I just love. It's enemies to lovers, it's rock star, it's secret baby, it's got all the good stuff in it. It's really fun. Um, but you know, when I was looking at single dad, I've read a lot of single dad books comparatively to other authors. And like Melanie Harlow alone, about a third of the books she's put out are single dad. She has seven single dad books. Wait. I think it's seven. Yeah. Seven books that I classify as like single dad <laughs> in some degree. Um, and I just thought like, that's a lot of books, but it's not just her. A lot of authors do single dad. And one of the things that kind of irritates me about it is because like, we see these single moms who are struggling so much and almost every book the dad has like an epically amazing support system and he's like so well supported. And like, why do we not see that with the women? Yeah. I don't know. So little rant. <laughs> no, rants, I think rants are allowed. Right. That is the point of the trope talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think really that's a really fair. valid. 
I mean, and it doesn't, it, like these books are all well written. Like I'm not, like I, I love the single dad books. I love that, but I just think it's kind of a double. There's a divide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I already mentioned Unpredictable by Jenna Hartley, um, which he, he is the single dad of an older child. But I also have Your Forever Love by Layla Hagen. She writes a single dad in the Bennett. This is in the Bennett family series. And um, his daughter is 14. So there's teenage angst in it, which I think is just really well done. And she is slightly, it's being a single dad to a teenage girl. That is not easy. Not easy. Um, And then one other that I think is a really great one that has a very interesting outcome for single dad is The Invitation by Mm -hmm. Vikeland. Because I will not spoil that. that one on my list. But just read it. Okay, next up, nanny slash manny trope, um, which I'm a sucker for. You write a nanny romance, I'm fucking reading it. That's all there is to it. So tell us what is your favorite thing about the nanny romance, Becky? It's the close proximity piece of it, which we all know, apparently I have a thing for close proximity. Um, Those are some of my favorite books, you know, that it's kind of the same as like roommates that chance to see them in the towel as they're mm-hmm. walking down the hallway um, as it may slip just a little too low right um or you know a lot of times a lot of the nanny romances that i tend to read are ones where baby's been dropped on the doorstep so these are secret baby nanny romances that have you know have some he's all of a sudden like what do i do with this squirming little child that is here um, so I just, I like that. I think that again, close proximity that, you know, having to navigate being a new, being a parent, but also, um, demanding job and this virtual stranger living in your house. Um, but I do have a Manny rec too. So anyway, Heather, what about you? What do you like or dislike? Oh, what I dislike about a nanny thing is when the, um, Children become, okay, so if the children are too forward in the book and there's barely any relationship development between the nanny and whatever parent, if it's a manny or a nanny, um, and I don't, I'm not going to give the book that I'm thinking of, but there is a book and it is very much that he's out of town all the time, pro sports person. And their relationship develops basically over the phone. And so every scene is them texting or on the phone and it's very kid forward. And it doesn't make the relationship as intense as it could have been. See, I think, but if you took that the other direction, it's like their whole relationship, like their romance, like was created over these like phone calls and stuff. It would have been a lot better. Yeah, but it was just a lot of kid, not enough couple. I don't like that. Okay, Heather, what do you like in a nanny trope or dislike well, in a nanny trope? It's funny. I wrote down that it was my favorite and I have the like not very many wrecks. <laughs> like I couldn't find them. So clearly it's not my favorite. I don't know. I Maybe it's just your favorite to dad. talk about. Um, well, I like, again, the forced proximity is great. I think you know, whatever. And I think you just get like, when you're always there, you know, like, it seems like these guys, they have nannies that live in their house. Like they're always there. Um, my, I'm going to steal that. Oh, I didn't steal yours. 
Um, I just read one recently by uh, Shah Rebel Shah. Shah Rebel, did I write? No, that's Guardian. Oh, you're right. Well, kind kind of. He adopts her. Over well, okay, fine. So I have uh, Fresh Meat by Jasmine. We're not we're not giving Rex yet. I'm not. I'm sorry. We're just talking. No, she can give her Rex now. But she just stole mine. Too bad. Well, so that's sad. why you're mad. because I stole yours. It just yours. means it's like doubly recommended. So it means that it's a so must, good. extra must read. That's it a good way. Put on my, it was very top of my you list. You can keep, you can talk about it now. You can do your yeah. other, give us your recs. Give us all the recs. I just have my two. So I have you. Fresh Meat by Jasmine Miller. He's a professional swimmer. And she actually like does, she's this nanny she used to do this kids show and she's like amazing it's a secret um, baby too secret so baby. It's always good. Mm-hmm. um and then southern playboy that's another one of jessica peterson he asked like his high school sweetheart to be his nanny <laughs> so we all can imagine how that went yeah mm-hmm. it's very cute uh lindsay what are your recs and what do you like and dislike from the nanny romance or the manny romance. I don't really have any recommendations. I have not loved the books that I've read from this trope. So I've kind of avoided it as a result. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier, like how sometimes they're too grief focused and um, like too kid focused as a result. And I, I get that it's a device to bring the parent, you know, the parent closer with the love interest. Um because they're just not ready. A lot of times they're just not ready yet. And it's a lot of moving on. And I don't, I, I don't have any recommendations for this one. I've read maybe like five books from this trope total. Well, don't worry. I have a list for you. (laughs) Uh, Jenny, Mm -hmm. what do you like? That just sounded like Forrest Gump. I did not mean to do that. Jenny, um, Jenny, been a while since I've heard that. Uh, what do you like, dislike about nanny romances, and what are your recs? Um, I like because usually it's two people that wouldn't like cross paths normally, mm-hmm. and they get to see each other in unlikely circumstances. Like the way you act with your child at home is not the way you act with your child out in public always. Um, and so they they get to like develop a relationship sometimes around the child or like trying to figure out how to parent nanny where the line is the child. Um, and my recommendations are Nanny and the Nerd by yeah Kristen Sandor. And then my second one was a uh, hot single dad. Technically, Nanny the- and the Nerd is also a guardian, but it's fine. We'll let you all just cheat, whatever. It says Nanny. Can it not be both? I veto that. It says Nanny in the title. Becky's just being. You're outvoted. She's being a little bitter about it. <laughs> what was the, the last one, Jenny? Hot single dad by Claire Kingsley. And the nanny is her his sister-in-law mm-hmm. oh that's a good one mm-hmm. that's a very good one oh. um that's in that book boyfriend world that she has yeah. out yeah um okay leah <coughs> likes okay, so dislikes say, and wrecks 
Well, I have to regroup because people stole my recs for this one. But okay, so from Ashes to Flames by A.M. Hargrove. It is Graydon and Marin. They, yeah, I took that one. Didn't I, Becky? Yeah, you did. They, they clash and it is delightful and wonderful. And the kids are really forward, but not too much. Like they are, it is the perfect blend of kid and relationship. And then since Heather stole fresh me and Jenny stole nanny and the nerd, I'm going to go to nanny and the hothead because also by Krista Sandor, because who doesn't love a hothead and there's grilled cheese. But we also could just could, give a special shout out to that Krista Sandor nanny match. That whole series. series yes. It's and really same good. with um, the Minnesota Raider series by Pippa Green. Mm-hmm. It is all single dads and it covers. We will drop all the links. We'll drop all, the all those books in there. Because they're just delightful. Um, so I have a Manny. If you haven't read Rafe by Rebecca Weatherspoon, totally should read it. She is a high powered attorney with two kids and um, she has a Manny and he has a beard and he's a ginger with a beard and it's delightful. Um, Love to Hate Her by Jay Salmon. He, I was wondering when Julie was going to show up tonight. There's not, she doesn't do a ton of single parent stuff. She Landon is a single parent, Landon is single dad, but so love to hate her by Jay Salmon. He hires his brother's ex to be the nanny for his daughter with autism, and it's a rock star romance. Very, very good. Um, and then. Okay, wait. So I have okay, so I also think a really great one is The Nordic King by Karina Haley. That's a good one. Um he there's a little mini pig, micro pig in it, and she is an American for royalty being a nanny and kind of fish out of water. It's very, very good. They don't have the best meeting. They do He's not. a little grumpy. He's a lot grumpy. Okay, so next is the Guardian Trope. And this will be, we are going to touch on both the contemporary version of it and the taboo side of the Guardian trope. So first, let's talk about the taboo side. What do you like in this taboo side? Okay, so outside of me and Heather, has anybody else got Guardian taboo, Rex? I I have the Katie Robert one. Leah has one. And I have like three on my TBR, but I did not have time to binge them this weekend. Okay, so let's talk about the taboo guardian ward forbidden trope. What do we like about it? What do we not like about it? Why would you not want to read it? to say that I don't dislike anything about it? Because when I'm reading a taboo book, like there's really no, there's really nothing that's off limits for me as long as they are legal. Like I would say that's my limit. The ward must be legal of legal age, but everything is I'm good with it all. You're good with it all. Jenny mm-hmm. and Lindsay, is there a reason you guys don't read it or you just haven't come across it or you just don't like it because it feels yucky? A little bit of both. I mean, you know me, I'll read literally anything. So my issues come more into like prioritization of the TR <laughs> and efficiency. <laughs> Like I need to get through as many books as I can with the time that I have. So I don't have very many of these on my TBR. Um, yeah. So like, that's more like, yeah, no, I'm like, Leah, nothing really. I'll read anything. 
just just give it to me. I just need more time and less job responsibilities. (laughs) (laughs) Heather, I need uh, a nanny. You need the nanny. Uh, Heather, what do you like dislike about the forbidden taboo guardian ward trope? I guess I don't know if there's anything I don't like. Um, I guess too, like the legal, you know, it's a little creepy. I think they're not legal. So I don't usually read those because I'm a high school teacher. So I have limits. Um, but I don't, I also don't have my trigger warning. So I, yeah. you know. So what books do you have on your list for this? Um, well, QB Tyler really does this really really well so love unexpected is one of them so she's just she is 18 and it's her stepdad and her mom it passes away and so he's not really her guardian so to speak but I mean kind of because she's Mm -hmm. young um she has another one um it's called unconditional um and so he did raise her but so that's a little very taboo and leah what's yours mine is seducing my guardian by katie robert um so they her her parents pass away and he gets cut like guardianship over her but he like ships her off to boarding school and they only see each other once a year and she's like once she hits a certain age she's like i'm not putting up with this anymore and it is delightfully dirty I, yeah, I really like these. There's nothing I don't like on the taboo side, especially if I know going in that I'm going to be reading Forbidden mm-hmm. Dark Taboo. I like those, yeah. dubcon, noncon, those, you know, <laughs> that's my jam. So I have the Dangerous Temptation, Beautiful Nightmare duet by Gianna Darling, and then Overture by Sky Warren. It is, uh, that is book one of a trilogy. Um, and Sky Warren, she does like to push oh, yeah. the envelope. Okay, so let's go to the contemporary guardian side of it. So these are going to be adults raising small children (laughs) that they did not birth um, Mm -hmm. and are not, were not the initial parents. A lot of times these are aunts, uncles, best friends, I would say. Right, guys? Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I like, so I like this trope because these tend to be people that were not prepared to be parents mm-hmm. like you know they are going on about their life and something tragic has happened within their either social circle or their family and now all of a sudden um they have children to raise that were that they didn't intend to raise now this can be similar to raising siblings but we'll get to that because i wanted to break it apart because there's some books under that trope that i just adore so, I think that these can be super emotional reads. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have to kind of be in that frame of mind to read pretty emotional reads. Yeah. Um, so, okay, Heather, what do you like, dislike in this? I like watching people just become parents and then they're like, um, what? You know, like, it's always that thing where I was a really great parent until I became a parent. Like, I, you know, my kid is only going to have organic blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, now have some chicken nuggets. You know what I mean? Like, I I just really kind of like that. And then like, just them kind of finding their own, um, their own 
footing and you know moving forward as a family yeah do you have two or three book recs for this I do so it's probably one of my favorite books um in the last few years it's hard fall and it is by Brenda Rothert and Kat Mazira it's in a St. Louis Maverick series it's the first book in the series and it is I sobbed through the entire book and it is like the kids were great but I think excuse me what they did great was um show the relationship of how these two became the parents of the child and then I kind of spilled the beans before but um Shaw Rebel and Royal so it's a uh, he it's is Rebel like, Shaw Rebel Shaw sorry I, well Rebel Shaw um Royal uh he became a guardian to his niece like overnight and he is um he's like a nightclub owner and yeah he is, he's an idiot too he's a total, total idiot total dumbass total idiot but like in the end he really you know the nanny really helps him but he's turns out to be a pretty good guy yeah that's what i got okay jenny what you got for guardian contemporary um like heather i like seeing people like try to figure out how to parent or I mean, even as a parent of four kids, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to teach you how to be a human. Um, So (laughs) yeah, seeing someone like get thrown into that is usually pretty funny. Um, I only had one, um, Things We Never Got Over by Lucy Score. She, um, it's like, surprise, um, you have a niece and your sister just left town. Nice. Um, Lindsay, what do you got? So I don't read a lot of these mostly because of the emotional thing, but I actually just read a book by Maggie Preston. It is called Sense and Insensibility. The hero in that book becomes the guardian unexpectedly to a sister's kids. And that, you know, it's not like a, it's not there from like the very beginning of the book. It's something that happens as part of the book. And it was pretty good. It was, it's more of a rom-com. So it's not like front and center in the book, but it is an element of it. That works. What about you, Leah? All right. So my first one is Until Jacks. It is part of her Until Him, Until Hers. Oops. I think we lost Leah series so as her brother and sister-in-law um were killed in a car accident and then i have true blue by melissa foster um truman um gets out of jail and discovers that he has like baby sisters like little siblings that he knew nothing about he has a like a teenage brother that he knows about, but he has babies that like, he didn't know anything about. And he like rescues them because the mom, I think raising siblings, but he shut up, but he doesn't know about them. And he still siblings. Okay. Whatever. I digress. Still read it, right? (laughs) Still read it. And then my other one is a reason to believe by Rebecca Yaros. Um, I knew, I knew that this was going to be on your list. Oh my God, this book, people, it's so damn good. She fosters the kids because like the mom has passed away. The dad is like 
they can't find him. It is amazing and wonderful. And it's, it is super emotional. So be prepared to maybe ugly cry just a little bit while you read this book, because the relationship between the two main characters and like the little kids is just so sweet, but you do want to dick punch her brother like multiple times. I'm just preparing you for that. Um, so I have Max by Sawyer Bennett. She, the heroine, is raising her nieces and nephew and uh, scraping by and Max meets her randomly at the gas station. And he's a hockey player. And then the mixtape by Brittany Cherry. It's a little spoilerish that I'm putting this as Guardian. She's raising the child as her daughter, but it's actually her niece. It's her sister's. Um, and then this one's kind of a special circumstance one, Pompous Player by Brenda Rothert. He is the dad, but the heroine is actually the guardian of the little girl. And um, she well, ends the up, dad didn't know, right? Right. He didn't know. He gets notified that he has this child and then he hires the heroine to be the nanny and she's the guardian. So they have shared custody. It's, it's really good. Highly recommended. Um, okay. On to the last one of the evening of the parent trope. I and snuck an extra one in here, apparently. What? I said I snuck an extra one. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Leah's breaking rules any way she can. So we're going with raising siblings. Um, Leah, tell us what you expect in this kind of romance likes dislikes and then give us your recs um for this one like the parents are either like they have passed away or they are just not in the picture like they're like the parents can't be they can be part of the conflict but they cannot be present for a big part of the book for me like i don't like when like the siblings are raising the siblings and the parents are there and just not doing anything that bugs me like in this trope um, because honestly, like if you're there, like raise your own kids, you dumbasses. But anyway, that's just a personal thing for me. <laughs> uh, do you have some recs for this one? I do. So the marriage effect by Carla Sorensen is where we meet Logan Ward and the entire Ward family. Um, he is raising his four younger sisters. Their dad died and their mom, I'm going back on my like favorite thing right now. Their mom is a trash person. Okay. And then I, we have rigs by Sawyer Bennett. Yeah. You're welcome. People. I stole it from both of you. Oh, you. Um, so Riggs is raising his teenage sister after getting her out of a bad home situation. And that's all I'm going to say about it, but it is wonderful. And then, um, I have wrong side of the tracks by Jessica Prince. Um, gypsy is taking care of her five younger siblings and she has been doing it since she's like 20 in her like mid to late twenties, but she's been raising her five younger siblings since she was about 15, 17. Cause her parents are checked out, but they are not around for 90% of the book. Like they were around and she was raising them. But then once she was like legal, they're like, peace out, we're gone. It was very good. Okay, Jenny. And he has a pining hero. He pines. I do like he pines. the pines. Jenny, raising siblings. Do you have any of these? Yes. Fighting Silence by Ali Martinez. 
he's like taking care of his two younger brothers and dealing with his own issues as well. Um, you know, if Allie wrote it, it's going to break you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. I think um, she finds joy in that. <laughs> um, Finding Rowan's Heart by Mel- Melanie Moreland. Um, she's like has custody of her brother and Rowan is a triplet and so he's trying to kind of find his own way um and does that by being a part of their life and then Dr. Scandalous by Jay Salmon Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't even think about that one I thought for yeah, I thought for like, sure you would like have. That it is one. not on my list because I didn't put that together with with Layla. Well, because Layla is such like a dynamic character, like you forget that she's only a fourteen year old kid in that book. Yeah. Okay. Point for Jenny. But wait, you might have stolen Lindsay's. <laughs> oh. You both stole mine, but that's fine because I was gonna, I actually had a lot to say about this topic in particular. Okay, go for it. Okay, so I'm going to just like totally derail to my topic of conversation, which is like one of the things I love about this trope in particular is that you get like, you get a person who's in a situation where they hadn't planned to become a parent and they're, they take their guardianship very seriously. But like what we don't see a lot in romance outside of this trope is like the struggle people have when they're transitioning from like when their guardian or child leaves the nest. And you see a lot of books in this trope in particular at the end of the guardianship, like when they no longer have the obligations associated with being um, the responsible adult for another human being. And you see like them struggling to like kind of figure out who they are and then like embrace who they are. And two books um, that I'll mention from that are Lessons from a One Night Stand and that's Piper Rain. It's the first book in the Bailey series. Uh, They do a really great job if you're looking for an Alaska trope. Um, And then Axel by Samantha Whiskey, where he's finally like going (laughs) um, to, you know, be an NHL player where he's like put his entire career on hold. He's a much older hockey player. And then um, that's just really fun. Like, cause that's still such a huge part of both of those books, Um, but it's different. And you don't really see that because like most of our heroes, by the time their kids are going off to college or whatever, like they're already in the HEA. So it gives you like an, like kind of an in, in the romance industry to kind of showcase the struggle with that. Yeah. So I love this trope and I didn't realize I had read as many. I thought I wasn't going to have as many in this one. And then I still forgot some. So, you know, Mm -hmm. there's that. Um, I have Meet Cute by Helena Hunting. He is raising his little sister. Um, He's in his early 30s, and she's like eight. Um, And it's pretty fun. That's a big gap. It is. And then Beautifully Broken and Wrecked Palace by Catherine Cowles. It's two of them both. They're both raising siblings, and they're emotional. And and it's varying ages for both of those Mm -hmm. books. Some... Some of the siblings are older children, like teens almost ready to leave the nest, and some of them are younger and require more care in both those books. Um, And then, okay, so I have 
I have mine too. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> Heather's. Oh my gosh. Okay. okay. So I will do two more and then I will give Heather. Your Tempting Love by Layla Hagan. I know I broke it. Uh, she's raising her niece and nephew, or she's raising her siblings. And then Eric by Sawyer Bennett. Mm-hmm. Blue is the custodian of her brother mm-hmm. who is That's a really um, good one. super good. He has Sawyer cere- cerebral palsy. Yeah. And so he, um, Blue ha- has taken on the responsibility of, con- and it's not constant care because he lives in a home, but it's just a different way of showing how we do have to care for our siblings mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. Okay, Heather, I'm sorry, I forgot you. You got No, it's totally to- fine. You moved to the bottom. Um, so Leah had Briggs, which I think was really, really great. Um, Breakaway by Kelly Jameson. This is... Um, book one and her Heller brothers and this is kind of around what Lindsay was talking about she the heroine is raised her siblings and they are going off into the world and she is really struggling even though she's like a professional she never like had fun and she's really kind of struggling with that and she has her parents house and it's really really good and it's by Kelly so obviously I would read it um and then there's puck drills and quick thrills um Wes was a professional hockey player and his parent his dad and his stepmom were killed in a car accident and he moved back home and to raise his five younger siblings and he is a hockey coach for a college team and he falls in love with a nerdy professor super duper cute um and actually Eden Finley has um one in her fake boyfriend series one of the guys um actually just helps his younger sibling out of the home because it's a terrible crap situation so oh so obviously quick i don't know puck puck drills and quick girls is male male and the fake boyfriend series is male male by Ian Finley. okay so we have now covered some of the parent trope mostly single parents nannies guardians raising siblings if you have another trope a large trope that you think that we should cover on a trope talk feel free to send us an email we will see what we can come up with um thank you you guys for all of your book recs and joining us for this trope talk it's always a good Um, time when we have people hang out with us right um okay so say goodbye Bye. Bye. Read the books. <laughs> okay, so we got lots of book recs now. So many book recs, but so many good book recs. And I think it's hilarious that there were a couple books that like everybody talked about that you and I did not think about. No, no. Um, and Jenny had some authors I've never even read before. And so mm-hmm. I'm like going to have to check out those too. So you know, honestly, like our TBRs blow up when we do these types of episodes too. So listeners, you're not the only ones. Cause I think I added like six books to mine tonight. Um, okay. So for <laughs> you, the podcast listener that is mm-hmm. participating in summer reading challenge, there is a special entry for summer reading at the bottom of our show notes. We're going to ask you a question specific to this episode. Once you listen, 
all the way through, you'll want to go to our on the shelf show notes for this episode, which is episode 103, 102. 102. 102. So you want to go to the on the shelf show notes for episode 102, answer the question. And by doing so, you will gain a bonus entry for summer reading challenge. Um, and this is just an extra entry for listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, we do ask that you not share this or tag us on social media for this. Mm -hmm. um, just answer the question and get the extra entry. And we won't, we might not do these every week. They will be sporadic throughout the summer. But Becky and I really love to give you every chance you possibly can to get entries into the giveaways. But yeah. so we are entering week two of our summer reading challenge. You can still sign up. So if you have not done that, just go to the website and sign up. Um, this week's sponsoring authors are Harlow James and Shannon Elliott, and each of them have books releasing this week. Harlow is releasing No One Else. It is coming out on June 5th. It is book two in the Ladies Who Brunch series. It will be available in Kindle Unlimited. And then Shannon Elliott is releasing Angels in the Dark. This is her debut novel. It is a reverse harem. There's lots of queer rep in this book and it releases June 7th and it also will be in Kindle Unlimited. And then grand prize sponsor author, Jay Salmon has a release this week, Dr. Playboy. This is Luca's book. And Becky and I got to read early copies of this and it is amazing and wonderful and you will not be disappointed. It also will be in Kindle Unlimited. So just grab it. And if you haven't read the Fritzes yet, please read all of them. Yes. Um, this is book four in her Boston Billionaire series. And if you like to- Is binge, it Billionaire Boston series or is it Boston Billionaire series? I don't know. I feel like it changes. I really don't understand why this is just not the Fritz Boy series. It could we should tell Julie that we sh she needs to change the name of the series. Doctors of Boston. I don't the, know. The Fritzes of Boston. But anyway, so there's one more book after this one. It's Kaplan's book. So if you need to binge a series in its entirety, you can just wait for Kaplan and read them all. But you will not be disappointed in this series. Not at all. <laughs> and then I'll be live on TikTok with author Shannon Elliott to celebrate her... Um, Debut release. release, Angels in the Dark, on June 7th at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. So New York on time the, zone. And it is on the TikTok this time. not On, on the TikTok with Shannon. Not on the Instagram. No. Okay. It's that time. It is that time for book. Book. Of. Of. The. The. Week. week. Okay. So this week. I actually do not have a book of the week because I am slumping a little bit. So I have been doing a lot of rereading in the past few days. Um, it's just, it's been a weird week emotionally, like with some stuff, like some family stuff going on and it's been fine, but I just haven't been in the like mental headspace where I want to read a new book. And also Luca kind of put me in a, um, a hangover. So I'll blame Julie. Yeah. It's Julie's fault. Damn you, Julie um, you know what? I am just coming out of a book slump and I'm mm. not sure I'm hundred percent out of it yet. May has been a tough month for me and I, I've not read nearly as much as I had been. It was a really light work week month for me also. So mm -hmm. I can't even be like, Oh, I worked so much. Um, 
it isn't. But I did read one particular book in the last couple of days that I really, really enjoyed. Um, and you've been looking forward to. And I've been looking forward to. I read One for the Money by Sky Warren. It's part of the Dangerous Press Midnight Dynasty series. It does end on a cliffhanger and book two is not out until August. And I can't tell you if there's a book three or not. Um, but it is the story of Eva Morelli and Playboy heir Finn Hughes. And what I really loved about this story is it's not fated to love. But if ever two people needed to find someone to love, it was these two. Eva's the caregiver in her family. Everybody runs to her with all their problems and she does everything for her mother. And um, Finn, I don't want to spoil anything, but Finn puts on the airs of being a playboy and mysterious mm -hmm. and his life sucks ass. And it breaks your heart. And both these people break your heart. And you just want them to be together because you know they will care and heal each other together. I feel like Sky does that with a lot of her couples, though. Like, one of them is, like, very damaged. And, yeah. like, the other, like, or they're both really damaged. And, like, they really, like, when they come together, they really find, like, the strength to heal. Like, it doesn't, it's not, like, the hero healing the heroine or the heroine healing the hero. It's, like, they meet this person that's, like, I need to become a better version of myself. So they take that like step to. Well, and I saw that another author had given like a, a quote, a blurb quote mm -hmm. and called Finn a cinnamon roll hero. He's not. I don't think Sky writes a cinnamon roll hero. Yeah. Like, cinnamon and roll and Sky Warren are not synonymous. Stern brunch daddy. Ooh. but he's not an anti-hero so he's not a similar he is deep down in his soul a really good guy um and he's and he's carrying a load but he's he is he's a good guy brunch daddy but yeah he has a hard tough shell and he puts on an air of being you know so it's more like a fake cinnamon roll that got burned to a crisp and it's an overcooked cinnamon roll She's a good girl. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, and she's older. She is four years older than he is. I like all these things. These are all good things. One. All good things. All good things. Okay, so we do have a Patreon update as well. We want to say welcome to new Patreon members, Amanda T, Brittany, Terry D, and Kim T. And also welcome back to the Patreon, Shauna C. We appreciate our Patreon supporters so much, and we would not be able to bring the podcast to you without them. We currently have four different tiers open on Patreon. We have one that starts at $5 a month and includes membership to a drunk book club, which is the best night of the month and also exclusive content. We are so close to our 40 Patreon members goal. And once we reach that goal, we're going to host an epic giveaway. I think. You think? I think. Now we have some things that are changing over on Patreon. Some people have, you know, for life and happened has have changed their status on patreon paused it for a minute or two i think we are two well there's been a lot of shifting people. the past yeah. couple weeks yeah there's been a lot of shifting over on patreon i think we are two maybe three people away from hitting 40 and i have been sitting here debating what which, we're going to give away 
which author should we give away? And I'm thinking like a series giveaway. Ooh. Like maybe one of our top tier authors, a series giveaway. So like, you know, three or four paperbacks. We shall, we shall brainstorm that. Yeah. Because last time we did Penny Reed and we gave away mm -hmm. some Penny Reed swag and um, we, we did a couple books, some swag. We yeah. got like the paper, the paper dolls book, some um, yeah. Winston Brothers um, material that the girl child of Becky made a book sleeve out of. I'm just thinking like even like maybe Catherine Cowles and a couple like a signed series and t-shirt from has some really nice swag like she has some nice swag over novel at novel grounds, grounds. yeah mm -hmm. so i have a couple of different ideas but as soon as we hit that 40 and we have to stay, stay 40 tuned. for a month we'll be good to stay go tuned, so people because it's gonna be a good one yep our big goal is 500 patreon members so that we can be full-time podcast employees wouldn't that be nice wouldn't that be nice <laughs> Anyway, we're, I mean, we're doing okay though. We are I mean, doing okay. You guys are listening and make sure you leave reviews for us for the podcast because they are helping people are finding us share the episodes. Y'all we are so awesome. We were in the top, like we were what? 200, 206? 206 in all of like book, book. podcasts on Apple. Yes. So and we broke, like we were 163 in Australia in books. Mm -hmm. On it's, Apple Podcast in Australia, like we, so we are we're trending up. Like, and we cannot forget about our Costa Rican, uh, Colombian, Brazilian, mm -hmm. Chilean, and Portugal because sometimes they put us like in the top ten. Sometimes. So, thank you. I'm not, I'm not quite thank sure you for why, listening. But thank you. We appreciate anyway. you. Okay, so drunk book club. Um, June's Drunk Book Club will be June 11th, and we are excited to be reading Real by Kennedy Ryan. I'm adding an S. I know. I don't know why. Also, um, Kennedy Ryan will be joining us for the evening. If you would like to join us for Drunk Book Club, you can find details on our website, or you can send us an email at thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. Okay. So we are recording this episode on Monday, May 30th. Um, today on Instagram, Kennedy shared a little blurb from Emily Henry was on Good Morning America today mm -hmm. talking about like her books and summer reading. And the host said, what romance would you recommend that people should be reading that they're not reading? She totally recommended real. Really? Like, That's and exciting. I was like, I'm like, <gasps> That's our book club author, like mm -hmm. on Good Morning America, talking about her book, the book we're reading, and the author. Holy crap. So awesome. So awesome. Well, that's exciting for Kennedy, too. Like all that, yeah. all that praise for an amazing book. Yep. Okay. So don't forget, you can help support the podcast by <laughs> shopping through our amp. Amazon affiliate link. Whenever you buy a book, a swimsuit, laundry detergent, the podcast gets a small percentage kickback from mm -hmm. your purchases as long as you click through to Amazon from our affiliate link. Uh, you can on also go to the website. On the website. You can also do Amazon.com slash bookcase and coffee. And that will take you to our Amazon storefront, which I am hoping to update. But, you know, lifetime kids. Um, 
And also don't forget we have merch over at I Love HEAs on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that we get some new designs before the end of summer. So I, um, things have been a little crazy for, for our Etsy store owners. Yeah. So. yeah <laughs> okay. And but then hopefully next, hopefully next up um, on the next episode, we are going to be talking about novellas. Um, those quick and dirty reads we love so much. Um, we are going to share some of our favorite novella authors and podcast contributor Carolina will be joining us to chat what we love, what we don't love, and all of the things novella. Yeah, you know, I'm newer to reading novellas and some totally hit the mark. They're just what I need. Um, but sometimes you get a novella and a character is not fully developed and mm-hmm. the story is incomplete and inconsistent and i don't know how in under forty thousand words you can have big giant freaking plot holes that i can drive a semi-truck through but we will talk about all that next week next week next Mm -hmm. time okay hold hold that in becky hold it in don't forget to go and answer the question on our on the shelf show notes for that extra summer reading challenge Mm -hmm. entry okay thank you for listening everyone until next time Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.